if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. And hour number two is now underway. Nine minutes past 10 o'clock on this Thursday, the fourth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2021. Pleased to be joined now by our regular Thursday guest at this time. He is a past university president. He is a best-selling author. He is a columnist for the Washington Times. And he is also, of course, a podcast host in his native Oklahoma. He is Dr. Everett Piper. Back with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Doctor. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for me, having me on. Hey, real quick plug, the sequel to my book, Not a Daycare, the bestseller, the sequel is titled Grow Up, and it will be released uh, in the beginning of April through Regnery. So you can pre-order it now on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whatever else. I would very much like to claim that uh, we share the same brain. And I say that because yours is so phenomenal. I, I would be I would be mooching off of your your wisdom if I if we did have the same brain. But I swear to you, I was going to introduce you as, "Hey, Doctor Piper, when's the sequel?" Because you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, and I knew it was coming out in April, and I wanted you to give a plug. You beat me to it. So somehow, some way, our wavelengths are uh, are simpatico, <laughs> and I and I'm very proud. I'm very proud of that. Like I said, uh, Doctor Piper. Um, I don't want anybody to accuse us of being one-trick ponies whenever you and I speak, but uh, because we do talk about this a lot. It's important, but we talk about it a lot, and I feel like I have to now because of what happened yesterday. First of all, um, the educa- education secretary choice for President Biden uh, was uh, in his confirmation hearings yesterday, and he was questioned by Rand Paul um, about a number of things, but not the least of which was the transgender issue and about whether or not the secretary supported boys competing in girls' sports, thus you know, penalizing actual girls by making them compete at a disadvantage. Um, the secretary basically said, yeah, I do, uh, because he said everybody has a right to compete in, in extracurricular activities, even transgenders. I think Rand Paul missed a very good opportunity to say, yeah, well, what about the rights of the girls who are now losing opportunities because of that? But that was followed up, Dr. Piper, 
by the ACLU and a series of tweets. Now, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I did read the story about these tweets. And they sent out four quote-unquote myths about trans people in school sports that they say are debunked. And essentially, they're saying there is no competitive advantage for biological males. Uh, and that, uh, I don't forget about the rest of it. It doesn't really matter. But the ACLU has taken, fully taken the side of the tiny percentage of transgender athletes over the 50% of this population, which is female and deserves an opportunity to compete in their own competition. So at the risk of, like I said, beating a, a dead horse, since we discussed this a lot, what is your reaction to the education secretary and to the ACLU's tweet storm? Well, first to the ACLU. Um, if they want to claim that there's no competitive advantage, then tell that to the girls in Connecticut who are having to sue because there were two biological males running in the state track meets who destroyed all of the female competitors in those track meets. So two guys decided to identify as girls and run in the state competition in Connecticut, and they understandably destroyed all the females because they do have a biological and scientific advantage. There is an advantage in male sports, and if for men when they're competing in sports. And if that isn't true, then get rid of all female sports. Just get rid of them. Have women compete in the NBA, not the WNBA. Have women compete on the same field at the same time in soccer. Have women compete in every other sport, tennis, track, cross country, with men. In other words, what this Secretary of Education has now done is he has completely ignored the rights of women that are guaranteed to those women by Title IX. Title IX is a 1972 law that was established to give women equal access to extracurricular activities, such as sports, equal access to the field, equal access to the court, equal access to the shower, the the locker room, and the scholarships. Now, I ask you this. How can you give women equal access to anything if you've now declared that women aren't real? They are no longer a biological fact. They are no longer a scientific reality. Any male who wants to raise his hand on a given day and say, I'm a woman, can now destroy real women in those sports and take away their scholarship, take away their court time, take away their uh, time on the field, and effectively destroy the very existence of women's sports because women don't exist any longer. This is asinine and it's crazy. This is Neo-Gnosticism. It's the Gnosticism that the Bible spoke against in the first century church. It's the denial of physical reality and the elevation of some sort of gnosis, special knowledge, feelings above the facts of the reality. And that's what this man has embraced. This is not just about sexual morality. This is about the dignity and the very identity of women. Women have no right if women aren't real. How many times do I have to say that? I can beat that drum till the cows come home, but that is a fact. And these people, how dare they turn around and accuse you and me of being a science denier when they just denied the science of the female. This is destructive in every way. These subjective identity claims will lead to lunacy. And you you covered it in the previous, before the break. What's to stop somebody by saying, I identify as both a male and a female. I'm a multiple, I have multiple personality disorder. On this day, I'm a man. I want to compete in this venue today. On this day, I'm a female. Well, you said you were that you were something else yesterday, but I've got multiple personality disorders. That's right. So I'm two different people. 
I could go on and on. I'll shut up. No, I, I mean, I, I was saying the same thing before you came on, um, and and I posted on my Facebook page, which to my shame I still run uh, and 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 post on. Um, but I posted three different things you and I have talked about in the past. Uh, in the past, one was a, as a man from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who lives his life as a dog. He insists on being called Boomer. He is a canine. He eats, sleeps on the floor of a doghouse. He eats from the floor the whole nine yards. It is his identity. If we treat him with this in the same way that we are being demanded by the left to treat males who think and have an identity as a female, we would have to indulge this man's fantasy and indeed call him Boomer, feed him on the floor, treat him as a dog. I have two other stories. One, somebody who lives their life as a cat has had physical plastic surgery to look like a cat and indeed identifies as one. And then the one you and I have spoken of in the past, the person who literally is a, a, a dragon who has, who has had plastic surgery and skin treatments and all kinds of things to, to look like a dragon. So if we are to indulge the fantasies of people who say, look, I understand that my anatomy shows I'm a male. I understand my, my chromosomes, uh, uh, chromosomes show that I'm a male. I understand that my biology shows that I'm a male. But in my head, I'm really a female. If we have to indulge that fantasy psychological fantasy we have to indulge the psychological fantasies of all of the others that's and 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 now we are literally questioning the existence in my estimation dr piper of god well we're questioning the existence of anything that's objectively real is reality a fact or is reality merely a fiction is the body real or is the body just a contrived imagination that you can carve and mold via plastic surgery and via the contortions of your own mind if we go down this path of subjective identity claims with which the secretary of education and the biden administration has embraced the entire democratic party has embraced this idea that we can subjectively define our existence by our feelings rather than the facts that exist before our very eyes if we go down this path where does it stop and that's the nature of your question if i all of a sudden identify as a horse are you going to allow me to run in the Kentucky Derby? I mean, that's where we're going. And people might be laughing right now and saying, well, that's absurd. It's no more absurd than a male declaring himself to be female. It's a denial of the biological reality, the science of our existence. It's modern-day Gnosticism. It's the elevation of feelings and the superior, quote-unquote, ideas over the reality of the body. It is. It is every one of those things. Your your analysis and your analogy, rather, was absurd. But it is exactly as absurd as as allowing a physiological male to run against girls and steal their track titles, steal their scholarships, and so on and so forth. A man, a human being, running in in a horse race is is an absurd comparison. But it's an absolutely accurate comparison because the initial uh, uh, statement is absurd as well. Doctor Piper, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back and we're going to talk about you uh, and other evangelical Christians and the penance you must pay for your support of the past president of the United States. This according to other evangelical Christians. We'll talk about that coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1021, that's good. We've got a good seven minutes, seven, eight minutes left now with uh, our friend Dr. Everett Piper. We're talking uh, a little politics now. Dr. Piper, you had been 
and unapologetic supporter of President Donald Trump's for the last four years. Not for everything about his personality, uh, not for his flaws, but for his strengths, for his positive uh, policies for the country. And uh, a lot of other evangelical Christians like you, a lot of Catholics like me, have, and a lot of, uh, of Jews have, have been the same way. But now that his political career has apparently ended with a second impeachment and a trial that's about to get underway, Apparently, it's time to pile on not just the man, but those who supported him. Your article this week for the uh, Washington Times highlights evangelicals being asked to apologize for their past support of Donald Trump, not just from others, but from others within the evangelical community. So I ask you now, Dr. Everett Piper, are you ready to apologize for your sins? Well, for my sins, yes. But not the sin, no, no, the sin, the sin, of course, of supporting the orange man. That, that's the sin that we're talking about. Are you ready to apologize yeah. for that? Uh, no, and here's why. <laughs> you know, you you read my article, so here's the point. You have evangelical mm-hmm. leaders like Ed Stetzer of the Billy Graham Center in Wheaton, Illinois. You have David French, and I like David French. I think he's a good man, and I'm not calling these people out as if they're not Christian. Ed Stetzer or David French. Um, David French's defense of religious freedom has been exemplary at times. Then you have Joanne Lyon, who's the uh, superintendent emerita of the Wesleyan Church. They're all calling for evangelicals now to repent, to uh, apologize, and to confess to the nation for supporting Donald Trump. That's what they're doing. I mean, there are various different articles out there where they've said this. Okay, here's my point. What am I supposed to apologize for? And why are you people, Ed Stetzer, Joanne Lyon, and David French, and the others like them, why are you making the mistake of moral equivalency? The Bible does not argue for moral equivalency. When they fail to see the distinction in sin's moral magnitude, which is what they're doing, there's a problem here. And that's the problem of this ongoing drumbeat of never-Trumpism. When they put, for example, here's what I'm saying. When they put Trump's boorishness, and I, I think he is a bore. I think he is inappropriate in the way he communicates. But when they put Trump's boorishness on the same moral plane as killing children and denying women their identity and crushing human freedom, that simply makes no sense. Trump's intemperate tweets should not be put on the same moral plane as butchering children with the scalpel of Planned Parenthood. My land, evangelical leaders, what are you thinking? And don't say, don't respond to me and say, well, God considers all sins equal. No, he doesn't. Do all sins separate us eternally from God? Yes. But if you believe all sins are equal, go read the Levitical Code and law again, where some uh, violations of the law, the Ten Commandments, are capital crimes, and others aren't considered capital crimes. Why? Because there's different moral weight in those breaches of God's moral law. So don't turn around and tell me that Trump's tweets should be judged as being just as evil as tearing a human being limb from limb seconds before he's born and then selling his body parts for profit. My land, what are these people smoking? Well, that's that's uh, the question we've been asking, is how do they justify these extraordinary positions? To suggest that all sins are equal is 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 absurd on its face for all the, all the reasons you just said, and yet they wear somehow 
the white hat in their own minds. They, they, they somehow think that they are walking on the moral high ground here, Dr. Piper, because, uh, you won't go along, uh, with, uh, you know, with the condemnation of Trump. Uh, and, and even if you do condemn that which is condemnable, and you do, you talk about his boorishness, you talk about some of his past behaviors, talk about maybe his infidelities with his wife, but we did not elect a choir boy. We did not elect a saint. We elected a man to try to do some good for the people, God's people, and his policies, including that with which you are uh, upon which you are focused, which is you know the pr- preservation of life, um, he has done that for us. So how do they how do they try to walk that moral high ground when literally they are essentially dismissing the most severe of sins, the most severe of crimes against people, and that is the the, the deprivation of life. Well, you know, I can't read their mind, and, and probably David French would answer that question differently than Joanne Lyon. But here's the point: I believe they've all bought into the lie of moral equivalency when that is not a biblical concept. And therefore, because Donald Trump can be a jackass and a jerk, they put him on the same moral plane of evil as Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and their sins. And I would argue that if I have a choice between life and death, I'm supposed to vote for life. If I have a choice between fascism and freedom, I'm supposed to vote for freedom. And I don't apologize for voting for those higher goods, those First things, you know, I closed. But 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 therein lies the problem, Doctor Piper. And I apologize for that interruption. But when you choose between fascism and freedom, and you choose freedom, this is the conundrum. They accuse you of siding with fascism because you side with Trump, and Trump, by their definition, warped as it is, is the fascist. Well. They can try to reverse definitions and play the politically correct narrative until the cows come home. But if they want to debate fascism, bring it on. Invite them to your radio show. Invite me to your radio show. We'll have a debate about the definition of fascism and whether Trump's policies were fascist or whether the Biden policies are fascist. Which agenda, which political platform, which leader gave us more freedom rather than less? I'd be happy to debate that with anybody. And if I'm getting more freedom out of Trump than I'm getting out of Biden, if I'm getting more respect for religious freedom, if women are enjoying more freedom because their dignity and their identity is protected legally and codified in law, if children are getting more freedom to live rather than to die because they're deemed inconvenient, how dare you suggest that that's fascism? If any of them want to play that game, bring them on. We'll have a debate. Last thing, Dr. Piper, very, very well argued, by the way. Uh, but last thing, I, I threw this to you yesterday as we prepped our show and our conversation today. And I'm just going to give you the last minute and a half, two minutes to talk about this. Um, there is a gender professor at a California university, because we've been talking about LGBTQ, XYZ uh, uh, agendas with respect to trans. This gender professor in, at a California university has said that the COVID nightmare we are all experiencing has exposed the tragedy of heterosexuality. That because there are increased cases of domestic abuse and uh, and wars of words, perhaps, between men and women, it is proof that men don't like women very much and women don't like men very much. And this is the reason why homosexuality is and should be embraced as the the real norm, uh, that, that heterosexuality is tragic. I just want to give you a couple of minutes to respond to that. I sent that to you, and I don't know if you read the whole thing or not, but just your response. Oh, I read it. I read it. I've already posted on it. I've already <laughs> written the rebuttal. Okay. Um, here's, uh, we don't have time, 
but I just want to let no, no, take 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 a minute or two if you need it. We're okay. Okay. All right. What you just said, everybody needs to hear me affirm what you just said. That's exactly what this professor at a University of California school, I think it was Riverside, said. She said that. You didn't elaborate. You didn't embellish. What you just said is not hyperbole. She said that. Homosexuality is preferred over heterosexuality because COVID has exposed the evils of heterosexuality. Now, we could pick this apart in terms of how stupid that is for another half hour. But let me just close by saying this. This woman has 170 students, faculty, and staff in her department that are imbibing this pablum. And that should scare the tar out of all of you listening right now. Because it's not just going on at UC Riverside. It is going on at every women's studies program across the nation. 170 people are listening to this woman spout off this crazy this crazy attack on heterosexuality as being to blame for COVID. Oh, my. It's it's one of the the more <laughs> maniacal pieces that I've read in a long time. I mean, it is just sheer lunacy. I, I would have to break open a thesaurus here to find more words to describe this, but um, it is it is beyond comprehension, I think, and that's the reason I threw it to you because I figured you could describe it and <laughs> explain it better than I could, or or explain why it's inexplicable better than I could. How about that, uh, Doctor Everett Piper? Terrific uh, as always. Uh, thank you so much, my friend, and I look forward to catching up next week. All right, blessings. Thank you. That's Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. Guest free the rest of the way. Fill the phone lines right now, 216-901-0945 on The Authority. Ten thirty-seven. now, we continue AM 1420, The Answer. So... Just to just to so you know that I'm not making these things up. What Dr. Piper and I were talking about, what I've posted. In case you don't have Facebook, <sighs> let me just give you a couple of the a couple of the points here. A 55 year old man born Richard Hernandez now goes by the name Eva Tiamet Baphomet Medusa. Um, the person describes his gender as being mythical beast. He has already had transformative plastic surgery done, including tooth extraction, eye coloring, horn implants, ear removal, nose modification, and a procedure to give this man a forked tongue. He's also gotten tattoos all over his body, and scarification on his face and chest to make it look like he has scales instead of human skin. He says not only was he born the wrong sex, but the wrong species. He's been undergoing a human-to-dragon transition for years to fix the problem. That's how dedicated and devoted he is to his gender-slash-species identification. This isn't like a stunt this isn't somebody just playing a, a role to make a point. This person believes that, that they are a, or he, I'm not going to play the game there. This guy believes that he is actually a human dragon. Oh, here's the word, reptoid. I was right before when I was guessing or trying to recall what he called himself. A reptoid. Shed, shedding his human skin and physical appearance 
and leaving his dragon, his true inner dragon, behind. Now, most people would look at this and say that's not actually a dragon. Dragons don't exist. This is a human being who's got some serious mental issues. His gender identity and his species identity indicate a deep psychological problem. Now, if we are consistent as a people, we will not treat this individual as a human with a psychological problem. We will treat this person as a dragon, because that's their true belief and identity, and I think this person has gone to far enough physical links to prove it. If we are a consistent people, we will treat this person as a dragon in the same way that we will treat a male who thinks that he is a female like a woman. And we are told now by our betters, our elected officials, and those on the left who think they are morally superior, that we are doing them a favor by buying into their fantasy, by indulging their role play, and say, yeah, we'll treat you as a different sex, or no sex at all, no gender at all, just non-binary, or uh, uh, I think, what's the one where they actually flip back and forth? One day I'm a female, one day I'm a male. I don't even know what these things are anymore. I don't care. Because what they are is biological males or females with deep psychological problems and an inability to accept their actual gender. In the same way this dragon person does, in the same way that Dennis Avner does, a U.S. Navy veteran by the name of Dennis Avner has spent years now trying to uh, transform himself into a cat. Well, at least he was trying to do that until he was found dead. Dennis Abner had 14 operations trying to morph himself into a feline, complete with whisker implantation, ear modification, a mechanical tail, plastic surgery on his upper lip to make it look more feline. He was found dead. The the cause of his death is irrelevant. It's not the point here, and it's very tragic and sad that this individual with these clear psychological problems took his own life, which is what they said. But the fact is, he literally believed he was a tiger and was going to make himself look like that. If we are consistent as a people, we would treat people like this as actual tigers. Let them live in cages, let them eat off of the floor, all of the same things we're talking about with the dog person I told you about, the dragon person, because their state of mind is more important than their human biology. That's what we're telling People who believe they are the opposite or they are no gender at all. That we will treat your state of mind as the reality and your physical, anatomical, chromosomal, science, scientific biology and your gender, you know, uh, as as being the, the fantasy. We'll believe your mind over the science of your body. Does anybody justify, can anybody justify that? Can anybody... Make sense of that. Would you do that if it was a family member? Would you tell your family member who really felt like they were feline and not human? Would you tell them, yeah, it's it's okay. Get that surgery done. I'm going to go out and buy you some some, uh, whiskas or whatever food, uh, cat food that you want, and uh, we're going to hook you up. No, you're going to say, we need to get you to a doctor. We're going to treat this. We're going to help you. Because you're not. You're human. I am trying to be as gentle about this as I can. In all seriousness, I am not trying to mock or make fun of. I am trying to make a legitimate scientific comparison between individuals, human 
and male or female anatomy and their chromosomal uh, genetic makeup um, compared to their psychological or mental disturbances. I'm trying to be legitimately fair here. If you have a legitimate reason to object to what I'm saying and not just say you're mean, you're a bigot, call me and tell me. Tell me why. Tell me what I'm, what's wrong with my thinking here when I make these comparisons. And tell me why, as you look at biological males dominating females in every aspect of physical competition in which the two are competing against one another, tell me why I'm wrong. Chuck is in uh, North Ridgeville. Chuck, you're on AM 1420 The Answer. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. I uh, hope you're doing well. Thanks for letting me on your show. Hope, uh, Certainly. Uh, you and yours are safe. Um, listen, the reason this absurdities keep happening is because we indulge them. I was at uh, a tea meeting, uh, and one woman stood up and said, we were talking about this subject. She stuns him. She goes, well, you know, I guess the solution is we have a third bathroom. Boom. Now they're in our heads and they're laughing at us, okay? Because it's costing us money and they've moved the goalposts. Listen, all this stuff is straight from Rules for Radicals. There's three solutions to stop this. Uh, you highlighted it this morning when Rand Paul was on and talking. We don't do the right thing. Sure, you explain your point of view, and then when it becomes absurd, you know that these blue shirts are just giving you garbage. You, there's one of three things to do. First of all, they hate ridicule. They use it. You laugh. Okay, this is stupid. Stop it. There's two other things, and there's things that they call us. Nazis. You said, that is such a blue shirt of lefty Nazi point of view. Don't give me that garbage. And the third thing is you call them Nazis. This stops it. And I hear all these, oh, but then you shut off the dialogue. You, there is no dialogue. That's absurdity. There is 1% uh, anomalies in, in every species in the biological world. But natural selection breeds them out, but they still show up. This transgender, uh, uh, transgender thing is 0.01% of that 1%. And we're indulging that? No. Put your foot down and stop this stupidity. Tell them, go sit in the corner. We're not dealing with this. But now we have, what, uh, an assistant secretary of health or something? Yeah. Uh, did you see the picture of that? Yeah. Dr. Dr. Richard Levine. Dr. Richard Levine. It's disgusting, Bob. Who wears, a, who wears a wig and wears dresses and lipstick and so forth, who calls himself Rachel Levine, is a, a pediatrician. He's a pediatrician. Just so you know that, I want you to understand that. And I want you to tell me if you would take your child to see Dr. Richard Levine in full-on drag clothing, um, and call that Dr. Rachel. Uh, and now this person who's supposed, and thank you for the phone call, my friend, who's a doctor who's supposed to be a scientist is the assistant secretary to health or of health in the Biden administration. Somebody who denies the science of his own existence is going to be advising the country on matters of health. You ponder that for a second. And now we have an education secretary. I played you some of the clips from his confirmation hearings yesterday who says that, yes, it's only fair to treat every transgender student like all of the other students. 
And that, of course, is not treating them like all of the other students, because all of the other students are forced to compete in, in uh, 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 athletic competitions in their own sex category. This is giving them extra treatment. This is giving them preferential treatment to let them compete wherever they want, no matter what kind of a negative impact it has on the, uh, the female students and athletes who compete as well. And by the way, I haven't even talked one bit about the locker rooms and the shower rooms that are shared by students of the same sex in virtually every school ever. Those facilities are, are separated by sex for a reason. And now to say those don't matter anymore is to say that boys should be able to shower and change clothes with and in front of girls. Somebody tell me that there's nothing wrong with that. Somebody tell me how we need to affirm the identities of these people, no matter what it does to traditional societal and cultural norms. Paul is in uh, Akron, AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Paul, go ahead. Thanks. Uh, I just wanted to add my voice to this garbage with Liz Cheney and uh, McCarthy. Obviously, these people have said that they were... uh, anti-abortion, but what they are is they're hate America, anti-Republican, and they do, in fact, push abortion, or they wouldn't be pushing Democrats into the um, Congress like they are, because a lot of people are not going to vote for McCarthy. He took on uh, Trump twice, once when he was talking about the impeachment, and now accepting Cheney as the third person in the party. I mean, how ridiculous is it going to get? Uh, they're really going to have to do something to ever get me to vote for a Republican again. It just seems like it's just ridiculous. We've got, you know, uh, Jordan and a couple of others, Gates, but primarily a bunch of spineless twerps. Well, I got to tell you, I completely concur with you, Paul, and I thank you for your phone call. I am very, very disturbed and disgusted by the willingness of the party leadership. The And again, people overuse the term rhino, whatever, establishment, swamp, whatever you want to call them. But their willingness to abide by Democrat rules, Democrat policies, Democrat uh, uh, um, decisions, because the only way to oppose them is to stand up. And I'm not going to say that the only way to save the country and to save the party is Trump. But Trump was the first one to do it. And I mean that very seriously, to stand up to the Democrats and to fight them hard. And I say that, of course, figuratively, because now if you say that you're going to fight somebody hard in this world of impeachment over words, that means you're going to go and physically assault someone. But Trump has taught so many Republicans to stand up and fight hard for America First policies, constitutional liberties being upheld and protected. And so many of these people, like Cheney and others, who are willing to throw him and that movement under the bus, makes me disgusted by the party. I am no friend of the Republican Party. I barely call myself a Republican anymore. I once, in fact, a few years ago, declared I'm no longer a Republican because of what this party stood for or failed to stand up for, and I identified as an independent. I ended up having to change back to the Republican Party so I could vote in a primary and keep one of these ridiculous rhinos out and have a conservative uh, nominee in that position. I won't tell you which one, but it doesn't matter. So I ended up re-registering as a Republican so I could vote in the primary, but I am a Republican, quite frankly, only because I have to be for that reason. Uh, 
I do not identify, however, and I do not uh, support the vast majority of the policies and decisions that have been made by the current Republican leadership, both at the federal and at the state level. More of your phone calls right after this. We don't get fooled again. All right, uh, let's get a couple of more phone calls in here before we wrap this one up on AM 1420. The answer, Bob, is in Medina, and uh, you're now on the air. Bob, go right ahead, sir. Yeah. Yeah, Bob, I just have two points, and I'll hang up and I'll let you respond to them. So many times, I myself, and then uh, and then um, you demonstrated it earlier, is when you hear somebody like a Rand Paul or somebody, um, you know, uh, asking these uh, questions in regards to, tra- uh, you know, in regards to uh, gender identity. They don't ask the right questions. And I mean, I sometimes, I mean, I sit here frustrated saying, why don't you ask them this, you know, corner these guys instead of allowing these guys to escape the real issue. That's Normally he does. I will say this, Bob. Yeah. Normally he does. He's very good yeah. at it. I, I don't uh-huh. think he was on his game. I don't think he yeah. was listening to the responses that uh, the, the nominee for education secretary was giving because he normally would say, no, wait a minute, you're saying everybody deserves to have their rights. What about the rights that are being denied? actual girls he normally yes. would do that it was just a bad day for him in my opinion but um yeah. these I are the questions like that we need to ask. Way, yeah. I, I do too i do too on almost yeah. uh, almost all issues but uh yeah uh, you know, except the, for isolationism mostly but um right right and then the last thing and then you can uh, i'll listen to your uh responses where are the feminists regarding this topic thank you bob you got it. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, that's a great point. The feminists are silent. They've got nothing to say about defending the rights of women because they then are going to be. This is what happens when you embrace, you know, the, the, the notion, the identity politics, if you will, intersectionality. They embrace intersectionality and eventually they're going to find themselves caught between which side do we support more here? This minority group or that minority group? This, this, uh, uh, vulnerable group, that vulnerable group, whatever the case might be. Uh, which one do we protect against discrimination if one is going to, if one policy is going to do it to one or the other? That's the problem they fall into. So you know what they do? They stay silent. They don't say a darn word. Karen in Brunswick. Karen, go right ahead. Yeah. Hi, Bob. <clears throat> this is in regards to those people that want to change their species. Okay. The biggest travesty is there's plastic surgeons that will do this. Uh, knowing that these people have a mental problem and they just rake in the money. You know, I'm not a doctor, but um, I, I would I have to believe that that is a full-on violation of the Hippocratic Oath. Is it not? At first, yes. do no harm. You are doing harm to these people's bodies by giving them this weird, you know, uh, modification, these weird modifications. And I think it's different than getting a tattoo. You want to get a tattoo, I mean, that's one thing. But to literally change their bodies to morph from one uh, uh, species to another, one sex to another, I agree with you. These uh, These plastic surgeons should be held accountable for that. Yes, Thank me. you, Karen. I appreciate the phone call. I'm uh, not going to be able to get to Jim in Cleveland or anybody else for that matter. I am uh, out of time here. So I want to remind you on the way out the door, register, please, for our next Ohio webinar, the Ohio chapter of Citizens for Free Speech that I represent. Our next webinar featuring guest presenter Peter Kersenow is coming up Wednesday, February 17th.
at 7.30 p.m. You've got to be a member of, Ohio, of Citizens for Free Speech Ohio in order to attend this webinar. So please go to Citizens for Free Speech slash Ohio and register now for that webinar on February 17th. We'll see you tomorrow.